Welcome to the Track and Standout podcast by my mom, Darlene Holly. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am thrilled to have our guest today on. I have Kathy Mann. She is a writer and speaker, and she's passionate about guiding people towards their best life possible through her writing, her workshops, and her speaking engagements. Kathy has extensive knowledge of positive psychology of the science of happiness. She shares research-based strategies on how to build a happy life with lessons of her own journey through illness. She's the author of the book, Avoid Burnout and Harness Stress. Kathy is also a wife, a mama of two beautiful daughters and lives in Johannesburg, South Africa. Kathy, welcome to the show today. I'm so glad to have you on. Thanks, Darlene. It's wonderful to be here. Yes. I would love to start the interview just getting a little bit of a sense of who you are and how you kind of came on this journey to starting your business. Um, But before we dive too far into your story, um, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic and life has been a little bit crazy for all of us. And I'd love to start and just hear kind of a little bit of how life has been impacted for you and your family um, being in South Africa, because I'm in Southern California. So I can imagine it might be a little bit different. Yes, I think um, it is. As for everybody in the world, we have been quite seriously impacted. Our government took some very um, severe measures right early on. So the schools were closed before we even had one death. So I think the, you know, the objective there was really to try and keep everybody safe as soon as possible. So it's been quite a, and because of that, then the pandemic's been quite long. Um, But at the moment, life is a little bit more free than for some people. We're able to um, operate quite freely. Restaurants, I think, are about 50% capacity. And from next week, Tuesday, schools are actually going back 100%. So that'll be a little bit of a a change from the last six months. We've been at um, home a little bit of one day on, one day off um, to maintain the social distancing. So we'll see how that um, evolves as we go. But um, the school's been fantastic. They actually introduced a new class per grade to space out the children and and stretch, um, you know, including um, all sorts of different um, temporary teachers to help out with the load. So that's been quite smart. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. yeah, it will work out quite well. That's amazing because being in Southern California, we actually are still virtually learning currently, but we're in the process of them trying to roll out a hybrid model that will go into effect next month. And everybody's 
up in arms trying to figure out what to do and what the best way to do it because you get to choose right they, they're let or at least here they're letting us choose if you want to stay 100 virtual or if you want to do the hybrid but there's so yeah. many um, factors that play into it like will my kids have the same teacher will they have the same classmates like what's going to like what are the big impacts that are going to come from that so it's nice Is to see that you guys are able to go back on campus Yes, we had a first we had a completely online model and then we moved when things lightened up a bit we went, went to a hybrid model and we could also choose every month we could choose for every individual child who goes back and who doesn't. So one of my children who's very introverted and quite anxious, she elected to be at home and the, the socialite, the real um, crazy extrovert wild one, my little one decided she needed to be back and she thrived, she was much happier really on campus with her friends. Yeah. So that worked well, but it was really difficult for teachers. I could see how, how it stretched them trying to teach online and in the classroom at the same time. It's not easy. Yeah. And then us as working moms who are raising our children at home and trying to work and balance that thing. It's like, no matter which situation you look at, you're like, wait, wait, what's happening? Are we coming? Are we going? How are we like navigating this time right now? Because it's such a different world for all of us and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So I'm glad that you guys are in a routine then that seems like it's going to be working for you and your family. Yeah, it's working well. We've learned a lot and we, we struggled and every change brought a whole lot of difficulty and drama and lessons learned. But, you know, we're navigating it quite successfully so far. Yeah. And that's the best we can do right now, right? We take every day step by step. Yes. <laughs> Just like we do in our business. Like we, we take all the baby steps to get us where we need to go. <laughs> um, yes. So that's just life right now. So Kathy, tell me a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship then. What was it, what did you do prior to starting your own business? And then what led you to starting your own business now? Yeah, so it's quite a, a long and sad story, but I'll, I'll keep it brief so that, um, you know, people don't fall asleep. But basically my trade was, um, I was involved in software development through most of my career and involved in uh, corporate, um, big corporate organizations. And working on large projects with you know millions of, of rands we've got rands in south africa and it was a really fun um experience blending the precision of the technology with the needs of the customer and i i thrived i did really well but then after having a baby i thought well my values changed a bit and do i really want to spend hours in traffic every day so I, I opted for what I thought was the easy option in taking over my father's business. So I thought this would be a nice way to move into owning and, and running a business because it was already an established business with a client base. And I thought that um, you know, I could learn quite a lot from being a middle manager in a corporate environment. And I, I did well in the business. I really cha I, I changed the turnover dramatically. I grew the client base I changed the strategy I moved us modernized the technology a lot and it was a really great learning experience from many angles but it was a very stressful environment and quite a few things there went wrong so I spent five years there and you know taking over from a parent is often quite frustrating I'm sure many of your listeners will experience something like that where you know, I found my father was not really ready to let go and was quite almost sabotaging my leadership in many ways, you know, not um, telling the staff that I'm there to run the business, not making that explicit and clear, and sort of challenging a lot of the innovations I came up with. So 
it created such tension and difficulty in the in the dynamic. And I also I inherited a staff member who was quite um, really resistant, and I, I kept thinking I'm going to win this lady over. I'm going to try and prove myself and do my best, and it, it didn't really work. And in retrospect, knowing that now as a leader, I, I should have weeded out that person who was really causing me quite a lot of harm. And I think the biggest issue was that I was doing work that was not aligned with my strengths and talents. So I was spending all day doing things like accounting, which I should have outsourced. And I'm a creative introvert. I was also doing a lot of cold calling, a lot of sales. And so I probably should have outsourced those pockets that I wasn't good at to people who were strong um, instead of just hammering on trying to, you know, take responsibility for everything. So I learned a lot of lessons. And in those five years, I grew a lot. But boy, my health collapsed dramatically. So at the end of 2014, I developed um, an autoimmune disease. It was triggered by the stress of the environment. And I experienced chronic fatigue, uh, which lasted probably about three years in total, although obviously incrementally improving as I went on. So it was a dramatic collapse. And I literally had no choice. It was as if I was pushing so hard that my body had to collapse because um, my mind almost wouldn't let me. I was just trying so hard to make it right. And um, my health actually did me quite a favor because I wasn't really happy there. I wasn't enjoying it and life was not good. Looking back, I can't believe I put myself through that, uh, all that suffering and that difficulty. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but it, what it did do then is trigger a lot of soul searching, a lot of trying to figure out, okay, if I'm working against my strengths, what are my strengths? And how do I try to design a life that's happy? So that's when I started to learn about positive psychology. And in the time that I was so sick, I could hardly do anything. Even a shower was depleting me. So all I could really do, and I'm quite an A-type person, you know, I like to achieve, I like goals, I like delivering things. So that was pretty, uh, really tough to, to grapple with. And I, I filled my time then with reading. So I read more than 30 books on positive psychology. And I learned about all these things, you know, meditation, um, gratitude, or uh, what all these things do for our physiology and what are the research-backed benefits of all of these things. And what I started doing then is I started blogging because it was a way for me to share what I was learning, all these great insights I was coming up with. And people loved the blog. They said, I think people were so busy with their everyday work lives, they didn't really have time to learn what I was learning. And I got all this great feedback and I thought, wow, well, maybe I should write my story. Maybe I should, you know, people can learn uh, about what's happened with me and hopefully avoid the same trajectory. So that's where my first book, Avoiding Burnout, came from. It's, it came writing through that uh, burnout patch about all these research-backed strategies and, and what really went wrong in my own life my own story about how my life my health spiraled downwards and how I had learned to pick myself up and all the things I learned that was wrong with my life <laughs> and in the hope that the reader then will start to see oh boy maybe my relationships aren't so great either or oh maybe I'm not working in alignment with my strengths maybe I should fix that so my hope is that the readers look at those aspects and, and make small corrections in their own lives so that they don't have to go through that depth of suffering Really, that's what led me to writing and all the, the work and the research that I do. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I, I've actually coached quite a few people who have 
taken over their family business and they've had very similar stories to what you just shared where um, the parents didn't want to relinquish all the control and they were finding it really hard to get the employees to buy in to them being a leader and come to them versus sidestepping them and going to the parents still and it caused a ton of stress and a lot of times like it's that turmoil that makes you in an unhappy work environment it makes you not excited to do what you're doing each day it makes you question (laughs) everything that you're doing and then that those in turn those things all start to trigger that your health and like the stress levels and how your body is being impacted by the situation so I can only imagine like what your body must have been feeling and going through. Yeah, I remember at the office and I felt this sort of, it was almost like a black pit in the middle of my stomach feeling like, oh, I just really don't want to go through those doors. I just really, I'm hating it so much. But I was so, um, I felt so obligated to to follow through on what I promised. Um, And yet the environment was so awful. I don't know why I felt so obligated to the people who weren't really being that good to me in the first place. (laughs) It's all about. (laughs) But that's how it is, especially when it's a family business, the obligation factor and the, the, the desire, the want to be there for your parents and to help them grow this business or maybe transition them out of the business if that's what they're looking to do. Like you have that big need, you want, you're, you're, you're giving and you're loving and you're trying to do the best that you can. But when the environment doesn't um, feel good anymore, it makes it super hard to show up. And especially like you just shared, like you're standing outside the doors and you don't want to walk in. Like that's yeah. not a good place for any of us to be. And I, I can imagine we've all been at a point at some point, whether it's working um, our careers before we started our business or for you working with your parents but, or your dad, but not knowing how to move forward without yeah. devastating the people that are around us or being afraid to say, this actually isn't for me. And I think there's something else out there for me. And like trying to put a plan together to exit that strategy that you thought was going to be I'm assuming for you, it was, you, you thought you were taking over your dad's business and this is when, it, where you were going to be able to thrive and like take over the family business. And yes, then- I thought this was for life. You know, this was the rest of my career. That's what I thought back then. But you know, there's no, um, it is possible to extract yourself from those things. And that's what I learned. I thought there's no way out for me. And that wasn't true. It was plenty of opportunity and I did have the right to fight for my happiness, you know, but I didn't feel that I had that at the time. Yeah. And, and you get to design, I, I love that you said you got to design a life or a happy life. Like, it's so true. Like we get to make those choices, even though they're hard sometimes and we have to, it feels scary and it feels like the unknown. We're not sure what's going to happen when we tell, you know, your dad, our dads or our bosses that we're ready to make a change and we want to do something different. That's going to be more in alignment with who we are. Cause I think we all get in those positions where we're doing tasks that we don't enjoy doing and we're doing them because we feel like we have to and there's not another way but when we do play to our strengths and we do do the things that actually light us up and make us excited to show up each day like that's when we thrive as human beings like that's when we can really bring ourselves to that joyful place and enjoy the work we're doing and so many entrepreneurs get to that point where they're like okay I can't do this anymore like I need to find my passion I need to figure out what it is I want to do And for you, that was, it sounds like it was a process for you. Like you started doing the work for yourself by reading the books and researching and starting to find out all these things. And it led you to sharing your story, which turned into a whole entire book, which is absolutely beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it was beautiful. And that is the actual, the, the beauty really of the burnout. You know, when you think about 
there was a lot of suffering. Um, you know, I won't minimize that because people who have burnt out that severely will know that there's many, many moments of suffering. But the true joy, I think, was that everything came to a halt. And, and there's a lot of parallels with the, the pandemic now. It's, you know, I couldn't go out because I didn't have the energy. I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't work. I couldn't exercise. And before then, I was an ultramarathon runner. So we have a, a race in South Africa that um, is a 90-kilometer race that you run in one day. And so that's the kind of events that I trained for. There's another one that's 56 kilometers. So I used to do that. I used to, and I lost my sport. I lost those goals. Everything came to an end. The only thing that I held on to was my home and my family. And then from there, I actually got to then build on that foundation to say, well, let me figure out these friends. Have they actually been friends to me during this time of difficulty? Yes, I'm going to keep those. And no, I don't think I'm going to keep those. And the same as family. Boy, some of them really let me down. I think I'm going to spend less time with those people and more time with these people. So I actually got to choose. And that's the beauty. I think it created almost a clean slate, a fresh canvas that I could then put those puzzle pieces back together to say, oh, career looks like this. Relationships looks like that. Um, recreation looks like this, maybe my sport and exercise changed quite a bit. So everything, my health, my diet, so much um, changed from, from that experience, which I think is actually pretty beneficial. Many people don't get that, that beautiful clean slate that I got. <laughs> yeah. I love that you mentioned that because I find that at different seasons in our lives, like we almost need that opportunity to clean, to clear the canvas, like you said, and really evaluate like who we're spending our time with. Um, are we spending time with people that are lifting us up and motivating us and that actually put energy into the relationship? Or is it just a one-sided relationship where we're always the one having to reach out? We're the one having to make those connections with each other. And I think it's yeah. important, especially as you grow your business as an entrepreneur, to really figure out who you're spending time with. And are they the type of people that are going to help you get to where you're going? Or are yeah. they... Um, pulling you down a little bit sometimes too. And not to say that you want to get rid of all family and friends if they aren't like the perfect people to be around. But I think it's important to notice that and, and, yeah. and put attention to the people that are going to help you get where you're going versus yes. allowing people to kind of be like that anchor where they kind of hold you back and make it hard for you to move forward. Because there are always those people, the doubters, you know, I think every entrepreneur will have them in their lives, the people who say, oh, I don't think you can make money off that, and mm, writing's not really a profession, you know, they'll throw all these things at you, and, and you've got to be quite resilient to be able to bounce back and say, well, this is my passion, and this is what I love, and, um, you know, align yourself with what's really true for you, your true north. Yeah, I know, I've, I've, when I talk to people too, and I, I've, I've even seen it in my life at different points too, where you have to like be really conscious of what pe people you're, you're around because you'll all of a sudden you'll notice you're like, wait a minute, like you're not actually benefiting me in any way right now. Like I need to reevaluate the situation and make sure that I'm getting just as much as I'm giving to the relationship. Yes, for sure. So what, what would you say? So, so you, you went through all this time, you wrote your book and now you've turned it into a business for yourself. Yeah. What is, what did that look like for you when you actually like, I'm assuming you had to tell your dad, like, I'm not happy. Like it, you, my health is not doing well. Like you took yeah. time for yourself and then you regrouped and you brought yourself to writing a book. And now you have a platform that you help other people through this process with. What did that part yeah. look like for you? 
Yes. So I think, um, you know, I extracted myself from the business because of my health and things. So that was actually quite easy to do because there was no, um, no option really. Um, and then, you know, I, I really aligned myself with the writing as much as possible. So I, I found what was interesting, I had quite a transition in that I wrote this book, Avoiding Burnout, about my story to help people not go down that path, just to show them what it looks like. Because I think there's a lot of people that are quite curious, you know, what does burnout look like? And, you know, of course, it looks different for everybody. And just as physically, when we do a lot of exercise, for example, you put physical stress on your body, something's going to give, you know, maybe for one, it's an Achilles heel, for another, it's a hip your health is the same. You put enough emotional and mental stress, maybe one person has a heart attack or another has an endocrine issue. So it kind of depends on each person. So what was interesting for me is that I wrote that book, Avoiding Burnout, to help people sort of spot those things. And then I did a lot of speaking and workshops and that around that. But in the process of writing the second book, that's, that's Harnessing Stress, I learned so many interesting things about the value of stress in that there's all these different stress responses that actually are there to support us. So almost my evolution changed. I feel that every book I write changes me in some way or other. It's like a, you know, it's a transformation in, in a way. And coming out of the um, harnessing stress, I, I changed my business quite a lot because then I started to promote a lot of the good parts about stress. And that's really where my focus is now. So the workshops that I lead and the speeches that I give are really around how to see the benefits of stress and how to incorporate that. And the reason that's valuable is that there is some really interesting research showing that our beliefs about stress really matter. They affect our life expectancy and our well-being. So people who believe stress is harmful tend to die a little bit earlier. So if we spend our lives sort of in fear, worrying about what stress is doing to our health, it's not really a good place to be. So a lot of the, the coaching I do, the individual one-on-one -on -one coaching is around shifting those mindsets to see, oh, look at the beautiful ways that stress has helped you. Um, so that's what I offer really. I spend about um, three to five sessions, depending on what people um, want to want to focus on, looking at mindset around stress. Mm -hmm. And then of course, my other offerings will be my books. And I, do, I used to do a lot of public speaking in the past, but not so much during the pandemic. So obviously our environment in person-to-person -person events has really completely collapsed. There's really nothing happening in, in, in person events anymore. There's a lot of online type of events, but people are quite sort of zoomed out. So I'm not, I'm not really promoting a lot of webinars at the moment, but occasionally I do webinars to teach people, particularly coaches. I really like um, to, to walk coaches through my program of stress responses so that they can support their clients in the mindset shift as well. Yeah, that's amazing. So I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more. You mentioned that stress can sometimes impact us and it's good for us. Can you yeah. share a little bit more about how stress can impact us in that positive way versus what we always, I think are told and we know the negative yeah. impacts. How do, we, how do we turn that and shift it? Yeah, so I mean, there's a there's a range of stress responses. There's about five five of them or so. But the one that I think is the most beautiful for particularly for entrepreneurs and people who are, are quite go getters is something that's known as the challenge stress response. So we know that when you're having a fight or flight response, we have all these things happening in our bodies. Our the hormones in our brain register. Oh boy, I think I'm in danger. I need to do something. 
And that's when physiologically we get that elevated heart rate and blood pressure. The blood flow moves from our extremities into our heart and lungs and moves even out of our digestive system. And we get, you know, we pumped for action because we're going to run away or we're going to fight. But what's so beautiful about the challenge response is that it is slightly different. And when we have that, um, when we have any kind of stress response, there are two hormones that are released. That is um, adrenaline and cortisol. Mm-hmm. Now, the ratio, when we have a, a challenge response, that ratio is slightly different from the fight or flight response. So our brain's actually telling our bodies, this is not dangerous. You're not about to die when you're giving a speech or a presentation to your clients. Actually, this is for optimum performance. And slightly different things happen in the body. For example, even for optimum performance physically, your blood vessels in a fight or flight will constrict. You know, they'll tighten up because maybe you're in a car accident and you're about to die. But in a challenge response, they actually open up because maybe you're running an athletic race, you're at the Olympics and you're about to push off and, and do your best. You need blood flow to your muscles and your brain. And so really we're at a higher optimum state of performance when we're in this challenge response. And that mechanism helps us to concentrate and focus. So you'll know that if you've ever experienced a, a deadline, you know, sometimes in South Africa, we have um, tax season coming up soon. And so what typically happens is, you know, few days before everybody rushes to their computer and starts to quickly panic about about the tax submissions and um, remarkably you get a lot done in those few days more so than if you had weeks and months to do it and that pressure of that deadline is the challenge response in action that's exactly how it works so what's going on in your body is that you've got improved focus and concentration you've got better performance physically you've got clear thinking and you're really functioning at your absolute best. So the, if we can learn to appreciate when that's happening, if we can almost feel that physiologically, we say, oh, wow, I'm having this challenge response. That's great. Not, oh, I'm feeling nerves. I'm about to blow it on my big presentation. If you feel that rush and you say, oh, oh this is helping me. That's fantastic. Then you ride that wave almost. And then you, you succeed. You tend to succeed more with that. Yeah. So that's yeah. one, one example of how you can use that energy of stress to your benefit. Yeah. And I love how it's like, it's just a small shift of how you're thinking about it instead of, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. I'm going to, you know, my, the sensations in my body are going crazy. Like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's shifting it to like, oh, my body's on fire. Like I can do this. Like it's helping me overcome these nerves and fears. And it's actually helping me in a positive way. I love the mental shift with that because I think so, so often we automatically go to that negative side of it, but just being aware and noticing that we can actually use it in a positive demeanor can shift moving forward altogether. And I mean, the research is very clear that our beliefs about stress really affect our well-being. So if we can start to see stress as a more of an ally than an enemy, then we, we tend to live longer and perform better. Yeah. That's amazing. So as you've started your business then, and you've been doing this work now, what would you say has been some of the biggest obstacles that you've had to overcome as a business owner, just with transitioning and starting your own business? I think my biggest obstacle is probably myself. I, th- I think my, my self-belief, my, my, cons- my mental state of believing that I can actually um, run this business effectively has held me back, I think, more than it should have. 
I think, um, you know, sometimes you look at the, the Richard Bransons and those really amazing entrepreneurs and you think, how do they get to that state of confidence where they just go for it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think my own mindset, I think, has held me back in many ways and not grabbing opportunities and running with things. Um, I, I think that probably has been my biggest obstacle. Yeah. How do you, have you, do you feel like you are still in that obstacle or do you feel like you've kind of transitioned through it now? I think I'm more through it than I, I was a few years back. Um, so, and I, I, I always, what I do is I always connect with that understanding that writing is my true north. So I, I remember what burnout showed me. It showed me that doing work that's not aligned to my strengths and talents cannot be sustained. So that knowledge is almost the thing that fuels me to say, well, what can be sustained is following my passion and doing things I love. And I'm interested in stress and I'm interested in writing. I love spending my time writing. So keeping that, um, you know, that's the, the mechanism I use to, to push my thinking to be a little bit more positive. Yeah. And I can imagine that just opening up a journal some days when you're feeling some of those self-doubts um, yeah. or those doubts come in play, that you're like, all right, we're just going to write this one out <laughs> and, yes. and get through it. Because and so often it's just that little thing that we need to get us to think in a different light. If we are, you know, we have imposter syndrome that comes up so much for so many of my clients and we're like, but there's so much more advanced at me. Like you mentioned with, um, Richard, Richard, I forget how to say his last name, Bronson. <laughs> um, we look at other people sometimes and we see that they're able to do it. And then we're like, well, we can't do it because they're doing it. Like, and, or sometimes, especially if we're looking at people in our own niche, we're like, somebody else is already doing this work. Can I stand out amongst what other people are doing? And it's finding the story for yourself that you can do this and that you can put yourself out there. And I think you, you gave a great example of that, like how you wrote your story to be a part of that. And now you, you, that's something that I talk to a lot of my clients about is sharing your story to stand out online and to get people to pay attention to you because each of us have such different unique paths that got us to where we are in our lives. And you're going to attract the right people to you because of that. And you're also going to be repel yes. the people that are not your people, right? <laughs> yes. And the people who, um, you know, there are people that maybe they're not there at that time yet. It's not the right time for them. You know, and that's often what people ask me is that what happens if you've just been through some sort of a trauma or something like that. And I think seeing the benefit of that in the moment is not really possible for the average person. You know, if you'd asked me in the thick of my burnout how grateful I am, I wouldn't have been. Um, but it took a few years for me to get to that stage of saying, okay, there was some real value there. So it may be, I mean, even from a mindset point of view, um, it's a good thing for an entrepreneur to remember that it's not rejection. Maybe the person's just not at that point yet. Um, it's just a not yet. It's not a, it's not a no, it's maybe yes. just a not. <laughs> yeah. And it, and, and you're right. It, things happen when they're supposed to happen. And on the, on, it's sometimes not our timing for where we think it should happen. Sometimes yes. it's a little bit down the road or sometimes further than we would even like to admit, <laughs> but yes. we do get there when we stay focused and we stay moving forward and we're just taking those steps each day to get us there. Yeah. And that's the valuable thing. You just take those small steps forward. And I think that's also what the burnout taught me. You know, I incrementally got better and sometimes I overdid it a little bit and it had to, I had to learn that lesson of just, you know, slow down a little bit, stop trying to change the world every day. I can just take small steps today, you know, maybe today I can walk to the corner and then that will be enough. You know, there's, yeah. there's that lesson in that, which was tough, 
but I think there was value there too. Yeah, it's 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 sometimes you have to follow the breadcrumbs to get yes. you to the destination, right? Like you can't always just arrive immediately where you want to be. It's like those little breadcrumbs that lead you on the path. Yeah. And it's taking it step by step, day by day, and not feeling the pressure that society brings to us that we have to be there already or that and we it's those shoulds. Like we're always telling ourselves we should already be here. <laughs> I've yeah, been working at this. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> so I love that. So what would you say has been the biggest or made the biggest impact in your business to help you create this successful business for yourself? I think probably the thing that um, was the most successful was I, I did a lot of networking. So a lot of going out and going to events, meeting people. And, you know, I am quite introverted. So I would sort of wake up one morning and think, hmm, I'm not really sure I feel like going to that event. But then if you just push yourself to go there, you meet one or two interesting people that leads to a client or it leads to a referral to someone else who becomes a client. You know, you never know who you're going to meet on the day. And I've, I've met some remarkable people, some wonderful, wonderful people who I've done really cool things with just at these amazing moments when I didn't really feel like going. Or yeah. <laughs> So I think just getting yourself out there, just, you know, putting your foot out the door, just go and show up, have a cup of coffee, meet some people. You never know what's going to happen. I think that yeah. that probably been the most impactful because I've created quite a big network of people um, through doing that. Yeah. And I love how you said you never know who you're going to meet. Um, when early in my business, I did a ton of networking in person. Um, I actually yeah. built my whole entire business in person networking. And in the beginning though, I was like walking into a huge room and I was trying to meet all the people and like get in touch with everybody. And it was so overwhelming and I would leave. And I'm like, I don't feel like I made a connection with anybody because I like was too busy, like trying to meet everybody and shaking everybody's hand. And when mm -hmm. I shifted that for me, I set a new goal for myself. I'm like, I just want to meet five people today. That would be the right people I want to connect with. And I want to actually build relationships with them and even yeah. follow back up with them afterwards and like have coffee with them and get them to know on that deeper level. That's when my business changed. So I love that that was a piece that worked for you too, because I think so many people think like, I'm going to go into this big networking event and we're going to meet like everybody who's here. And I'm going to send a follow-up email to everybody I meet. And it doesn't really bring that one-to-one -one connection that we need to really get referrals and to build strategic alliances with those people. Yeah. And not everybody's going to be a client and that's okay. Yeah. Um, that, that's absolutely fine. There's certain people who will really fit the, your target market and who are open to it and it's the right time in their lives. So um, that's worthwhile, you know, extending yourself and doing lots of networking to widen that pool um, because, you know, there will be those people who are interested and are in need of what you've got to offer. Yeah. I always say when you're meeting these new these new contacts, sometimes they're going to lean in because they're interested in working with you. And other times they're going to lean in because they know somebody who might be a good connection for you, whether it's another strategic partner or yeah. a potential client, but just having the opportunity to have those conversations, you, you'll yeah. never know if you don't walk into the room and actually start building those relationships. I'm actually... Um, hope I can't wait for us the world to open back up to where we can go to networking events. I had just um, started working um, in my new city where I live at, like starting to go to some of the local chamber chamber events and different things like that. Right as the world closed, <laughs> so 
So I, I was yeah. excited to do some of that in-person networking because I had transitioned when we had moved to California six years ago, all of my business online. And then I was, my youngest had just finished kindergarten and I was like, yes, he's out. I could actually go to things again and start meeting people. And then of course COVID hit. So now we're back to not being able to do that, but I love one-to-one connections. And I think it's such a valuable way to, to grow your network and you can still do it virtually. I actually have made a lot of great connections since COVID through virtual networking as well, but it's still a little bit different. I miss like the sitting down at a coffee shop and actually connecting and asking a ton of questions and just being face-to-face with people too. Yeah. I love that. I must say I miss that, but it will happen again. eventually. Yeah. Yes. It will. I'm very, I'm very hopeful <laughs> that yeah. it's happened. it'll be sooner than later. Yes. Well, Kathy, this has been so much fun. I like to do a couple rapid fire questions for all of my guests at the end, just to kind of get to know you on a more personal level um, before we end our interview today. So my first question for you is, um, do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it? Yes, I have a morning routine. So I journal for one A4 page every day. I do a meditation about 10 minutes um, and yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it. I, I've got a little office apart from the home, so it's nice and separate. You have to go out the front door and so it um, marks that space. So it tells my children I'm not available for this chunk of time. So the journaling and the meditation. Oh, and weekly I have a gratitude practice and I have a, like a, a goal setting. So I've, I've written out some exercise I learned about from a lady called Linda something. I can't remember her surname, but it's called your best possible future self. So you read out, um, you know, about how, how you want your life to look. So that gives you that future view for the week. Now that's pretty much the routine for me. <laughs> that's awesome. And I love that you have um, like, a, like you're able to separate your personal life with your work life by having that ability to walk through the door. Um, that used to be for me, like driving the kids to school. And then when I would pull back up in the driveway, I was like, all right, it's time to like to do my work. So, um, and I've heard of people too, that will say they'll, they would even go for a walk around the block or something just to like have that transition to go, okay, from work life to home life or vice versa. So I love that you do that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my next question for you is who would you say has been the biggest influencer on your life? I think the biggest influencer I would say is probably um, Elizabeth Gilbert. So she's my favorite author. I've read all her books. I love her um, ability to write nonfiction and fiction. I love the way she writes so candidly about her life, the way she's so passionate about um, creativity and being yourself and being authentic. So I think she would probably be the one um, that's really you know, made, made me have the courage to be myself and follow my own path. I love that. I read her new book not too long ago, right when it came out, City yeah. City Girls. Is that yeah, right? City Angels or City of Girls. Yeah, City of Girls. City, I think Quite City of Girls. Yeah. <laughs> it's very raunchy. <laughs> yeah. It was, but it was such a fun read and such like a different spin on the typical books that I read from her that are more like the self-development and helpful yes. books in that way. So it was a fun read. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And so when you need to reset and recharge, where do you go for kind of like your happy space, your happy spot? Is there anything that you like to do or any places you like to go? Well, I think, I think yoga brings me connect sort of mind and body. I started a lot of yoga many years ago and it was really uh, part of my recovery process. So I think it brings, you know, my mind tends to go off on its own tangent and I get stuck in spirals of overthinking. 
And so I think um, yoga brings me kind of to center and to right back into my body. And I think my, my office space, I've, I called it my sanctuary when I created it, because when I was very ill, I didn't have the space. It was filled with old boxes and just junk. And I, I, we have a, a gentleman who helped us in the garden and I, I got his help and he painted it for me and we did flooring and I created a beautiful space that really led to a lot of healing and self-expression. I've written all my books here and this is really my space. Nobody else is allowed in. So I call it the sanctuary because it really is a sanctuary. So I come in here and I light incense and I just be by myself or do a meditation. And that kind of brings me back to who I am and what I'm really focusing on. So that's my, this is my sacred place inside here. <laughs> so wonderful that you were able to create that, especially when it's a place that's just right in your own backyard or on your property. <laughs> I don't know if it's in your backyard, but it's somewhere on your property. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty much in my backyard. Yeah. Perfect. And my last question for you, and I know it's a little bit of a crazy time right now, but if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? I think I would go to Paris because I have been to Europe, but I've never been to France. And I, I learned French at school and I really loved it. The poetry was just magnificent. And so I'd really like to have an experience. It's one of those bucket list things. Like I have never been to Paris and I would like to do that before I die for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I love that you mentioned Paris because my daughter, she's nine. Um, she and I have talked about when she turned 16, she wants to do a girl's trip, just me and her, um, to Paris is where she picked. <laughs> so maybe I'll meet you there. <laughs> I'll bring my nine-year-old too. Well, oh, by the too. Yeah, they'll be 16. It'll be perfect. <laughs> so fun. Well, Kathy, this has been so much fun. I know our listeners are going to want to be able to connect with you and get to know more about you. Where would you like them to come find you at? Where do you like to hang out? Yeah, I like to hang out mainly on Facebook. So my my Facebook link um, is KA Man Writer. So that's the name that I write under KA Man. Um, so that's Facebook is my favorite spot. Um, and I also do have a website, which is kathyman.co.za. We say Z in South Africa, but I think you say Z. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> awesome. And then I know you have a free gift for everybody who listens today. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, so my first book, Avoiding Burnout, around how um, through the um, you know business ownership I got so sick, I'm giving away a free ebook of that in any format that you like, and I'll put the link below this video. We can include that for the coupon to accommodate the, the free download. Awesome. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been so fun having you on. I've so enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so yeah. much, Darlene. It's been so great chatting. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. Um, don't forget to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening to the podcast today. It's always such an honor to have you listen. And I always appreciate your feedback and your support. And thank you so much. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.